Welcome to the next exciting episode of our Transformers podcast. I'm Sean. Charlie. And Thomas. And this is... Sparkcast. Sparkcast. Hi, so we have a lovely treat here for everyone. This is the Season 2, Episode 3, or Episode 18 overall, of the original Generation 1 Transformers. This episode is called City of Steel. Well, first of all, I realize that a lot of people easily abbreviate stuff, like, say, for this, they would go S-O-2, E-O, like, 3, to, to label this, like, all the time when you try to look for stuff online. Oh, the naming convention. The, the naming uh, conventions? For but for files. some reason, I always label everything by episode number regardless of season. Which doesn't help when season two just says episode one again. I'm like, oh, all right. So, well, I'm gonna side with everybody else because th- you definitely wanted yeah. to put in the seasons too. <laughs> yeah, I usually have to put the season in an abbreviation. Season two episodes one through like twelve, but it's really overall episodes you know eighteen through twenty six or something. Yeah, I was yeah. confused earlier. Like I was looking at the way. Um... The person annotated it who posted a video, and yeah, City of Steel was episode 19, yet it's season 2, episode Wait, 3. Wait, whoa, 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 he was wrong? This is episode 18? Oh, he put 19. Oh, no, it is 19. <laughs> Never mind, okay. I was wrong. That's only one off, anyway, so. <laughs> but yeah, the I'm like, can you make up your mind about the way you want to annotate this? Is this all one big block or are you going to break it into seasons? And when you have some things that are ridiculous, like I was watching Star Trek Voyager, which no one should watch, by the way. And Oh, I've um, been watching it too. Oh my god. I'm going to come over there and steal all your DVDs or whatever you're watching it so you can't finish it. Don't do it. Don't suffer <laughs> like I did. I'm going to do it. <laughs> where are you in the series? Oh man, I got to like, I don't even know where I am, but I'm in a place where there's just a lot of what's her name seven of eight or no oh, i haven't or, gotten there you're above me like, oh my god all right like yeah, when I, got I got to, to the that ep- part when i got to the episode where they have a whole episode around this alien neelix character and i'm like uh-huh. how are you gonna make me care about this guy and, and i still don't care about hardly anyone on the crew <laughs> except the doctor. Oh god, I hate Neelix <laughs> so much. I think I other people one episode too. like actually made you care about him because he's like, "Oh man, I'm gonna be tossed off the ship and be lonely again." <laughs> I don't like him. He, okay, he's supposed to be cheery and whatever. He just gets on my nerves. But anyway, so don't watch it, even though you're already above me on it. I don't know why I'm watching. <laughs> but anyway, my point was the episodes are in air date order, but they're numbered in. No, they're not in my air date. They're by the way they were developed. Production uh, order versus air date. Yeah, they're by air date, but the development date is on them too. So sometimes you'll see episodes, like this one episode was supposed to actually take place four episodes ago, but didn't air till then. Not that it matters in this show, but it's just a weird way to do it. And then, of course, in a series like Star Trek, you also have star date order, but... Who wants to get into that mess too? But anyway. Decepticons, the heroic Autobots are led by Optimus Prime. He's more than meets the eye. He's a robot in disguise. Generation 2, Season 5, and Japanese differences. <clears throat> Let's see here. Uh, where'd you go? Japanese differences. Oh, this is what? City of Steel that we're getting ready to talk about? Yeah. In the Japanese version, I actually noticed uh, three changes. When Optimus is falling into the pit and being caught by the... Uh, by the Constructicon, he's actually falling going, no! Like, it's very dramatic. Like, oh my god, this is the death fall. I'm not going to recover from this. When his eyes flash, they added sound effects to it. So you're saying this is in the 
this was not in the American version? I don't think so. I think, or maybe it was so low I didn't hear it because Rhino DVDs have some of that problem too with large and underutilized sound effects. But uh, the funniest is after they dismantle Optimus Prime, they dump him into pieces and he can't make a noise, right? His head is severed. So unless you put two little things together, then he can talk. But it's when they dump him, they add in a, ah! as if it was really painful for him to be dumped out of the dump truck onto the floor in pieces, <laughs> even though he technically shouldn't be able to talk yet. And then the funniest thing is later in the episode, I don't know if this is in the English, but the cars jump over all the taxi cabs on a ramp uh, mm-hmm. while they make yeah. their own ramp. And then they go, Yahoo! <laughs> Wait, was there actually a ramp there? Because no, me, they just like, flew. They just flew over. They just flew the, over because taxis. <laughs> because writing, but uh, yeah, and I couldn't tell the cuts in that one. But those were any differences I noticed. Sarcasm not appreciated. And as for the writer, we we've actually already talked about him. This was written by Douglas Booth, who wrote many of the early episodes, such as Roll for It and Fire on the Mountain. And so, see our previous episode of. Uh, those for info about him. Me, Grimlock, no like you! What we liked and didn't like about this episode and random general nonsense. I'll just start with one thing that I thought was funny is Laserbeak apparently has, what, a telekinesis laser or something? He just shoots a manhole, it flies up into the air, then he goes under it, and then it just goes back over. I'm like, oh, okay. And I think he even does that to the door, or is it like... I, I don't know, I was just like, what is going on? With this guy's power. When he was going in the sewer of New York, I somehow I just thought Ninja Turtles, just the whole look of that scene of like, I was like, ooh, <laughs> is this going to be a Ninja Turtles crossover? He's going in the sewer. Well, that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. That could happen in the future since Transformers is just doing every crossover ever with IDW Comics now. <laughs> Strange that a robot bird would just choose to... Um, Lift a manhole cover and just go into the sewer. Okay. Uh, yeah, Charlie, I got like a similar vibe. Actually, at the beginning of this episode, like the very beginning, it's basically, well, I guess I should say this whole episode takes place in New York City. Megatron has decided to go to New York City to perform some kind of excavation plan underground to basically kidnap <laughs> the Empire State Building and remake it into some type of auto uh, transformer uh, spire. Th- that they're going to use to to start to transform the rest of the city. So naturally, the episode, as with most anything in the 80s that's related to New York, you're going to see basically a wide shot of the Manhattan skyline. And chances are, if it's in the 80s, you're probably going to see the Twin Towers. Um, <laughs> so that that's definitely something that's that's definitely going to happen for sure. But then right after that, it cuts to laser beak flying through the city and then hitting down into the sewers. Which also was like, oh yeah, I guess it's the 80s, it's New York. You're probably going to see, if you, if you see sewers, you're definitely thinking Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funniest thing is, I remember, what is it, Energon, Armada, uh, the Autobots and Decepticons are in the tunnels, and it's built for them! And I'm like, that's going to happen in this episode too. And we go straight to, like when they eventually, the Autobots get to the sewers, they're large enough to walk through the entire sewer system. Sometimes the sewer system looks twice as large than they are, and I'm like, wow, I guess they had plenty of room. Could fit Skyfire in here. Well, not only that, I mean, the Transformers are big, but they're not skyscraper size. So the sewer system was built large enough to house the Empire State Building and some. (laughs) Well, no, that was their secret base. But the base was so massive. It was just, it went all the way under Central Park. How close is the Empire State Building to Central Park? Uh, Apparently right next door, according to this one. But I know it's at least (laughs) 10 blocks south of Central Park in the real world. Yeah, it just seemed like when they were looking for Optimus Prime, they were like still in the secret base. But I was like, dude, that's a huge secret base they built just so fast underneath New York. <laughs> yeah, I have so much to say about that in stupid moments. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, something it keeps coming up, and I just, I just keep ignoring it. I, I try not to yeah. focus on that particular point. I'll, I'll just, I want to mention two things. The first is I like the quote uh, from Megatron: "I want you working, not nagging." And then they just keep <laughs> nagging. 
<laughs> oh my god. Thomas, where have you heard of this idea about stealing the Empire State Building before? Stealing the Empire State Building? I don't... You happen to remember some children's books we reviewed some two years prior? Oh no. I was gonna say Superman. That sounds like a Superman plot. Are we getting ready to <laughs> crack open old scars, Sean? Or are we really about to do this? <laughs> Charlie, there was a children's book I had growing up, which is why I remember all of the plot for it, is basically the first four pages is just the origin of the Transformers, and then the next is his own original story, and it's about Megatron making some shell company to create, uh, like, 98 different work sites around the world just so he can steal 98 different buildings all across the world and hold the world for ransom. But in this episode, he doesn't have that such long-term goals. He's like, you know what? Empire State Building's fine. One building's enough. And in that book, he also steals the Empire State Building. And that episode was released a year before this episode was aired. And it was a completely different writer. So either this might just be another case of two people having the same idea. Like, I doubt the guy read the book and said, I can make an episode based on this theme. Why? Why do you doubt that? Well, you know, writers don't just steal from other people. Unless it's themselves, as we'll see next episode. I mean, they could take inspiration. Yeah. Because I I don't believe this episode was that similar to what happened in the book. This episode seemed it was its own thing. Like the the central premise might, the spark for this episode, Mm -hmm. they could have pulled that from that book for sure. The only only thing it has in common. Yep. And in that book, nobody knows who the Constructicons are. They technically show up for the first time in that book. That's weird. I I wonder. Yeah, they must have had. There must have been something, some kind of source or, or loose uh, outline of some of this stuff that the book yeah. pulled from. I'm wondering if that happens to uh, in some of the other books. We'll see if any of the ideas were used similarly. Because I'm noticing right now, I'm watching two things. I was reading a, a Star Trek comic book, the old Gold Key comics. And I was reading one of the stories and goes, there's something very familiar about this plot line. And I looked it up online for the animated series and realized it's an animated series episode plot almost verbatim the year before the actual animated episode aired. And nobody had ever commented about it or said anything about it. And I'm like, what What the hell? Like, the coincidence is there were just way too many similarities for the entire plot for it not to be either the same writer that was involved because the story was almost exactly the same. Well, I guess what happened here was not as blatant as what happened, I guess, to bring this back to making the show a Star Trek podcast, there was, wasn't there the animated series had the V'ger set like satellite plot that the the one of the movies no, that actually was the, used the original series actually did a season two episode was exactly like a V'ger movie but th- there wasn't any connection to the animated series with that either Th- that didn't happen I, I don't remember but that's not this podcast <laughs> but but i do want to say something funny is i've actually been re-watching for the first time since childhood like when i was two years old the he-man cartoons right and i had the same thing happen i'm watching some episode about dragon eggs and I'm like, there's something very familiar about this in my subconscious. So I go down in my box and look through all my books, and I find there's a He-Man book about dragon eggs that I had when I was a kid. But the stories are completely different and can't exist in the same continuity in any way because they just deal with the same theme, dragon eggs, but used in completely different ways. And they were two different writers, and it was just really weird. It was just like, it even had like a similar title, but it was not the same story. Yeah, that I guess that uh, that wouldn't shock me too much. They, they're probably pulling from some other third-party uh, inspiration. I mean, dragon eggs. I mean, I feel like you could throw a dart and you'll hit some fantasy book that has that's about dragon eggs that's yeah. core to the plot or something. It was just funny because they're like, with this one egg, we can train it and make it a mega beast or whatever for good or for evil. In the actual cartoon, Skeletor just steals dragon eggs and just chucks them at buildings and like at different kingdoms so that they grow instantly and just start attacking the kingdom Mm. (laughs) i'm just like all right completely different plot but anyway british book we just reviewed last time the british transformers with um i can't remember the 
the madame's name who is uh who at the lab creating madame c madame c C? oh yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean that guy had to have some kind of like just bank of some slightly transformer related information or something (laughs) it it honestly seemed like he'd never watched the animated series or (laughs) just kind of threw some stuff together but I I don't know if that's true, but (laughs) it just didn't really go with the feel of Transformers. Sorry, my cat just came up to the room and just started staring at me. What's up? Oh, now she's looking at herself, so now she doesn't care. food. Anymore. No, I fed them already. I actually fed them early, just in case I missed it during the podcast. Give me a snack. Pet me. Well, she probably wants to play with her laser toy, because she usually wants to play with me with that once a day. Sorry, Kitty, after the podcast. Uh, but anyway, one thing I thought was pretty funny is that it, when you get to the Autobot base, you can see through the ceiling into the mountainside. I was like, how long you guys been here? Have you not just made like a freaking ceiling for your spaceship? I, I, I assume they're just reusing all the backgrounds from season one to save money. But it's just really ridiculous that they haven't bothered to seal their... You know, some Decepticons could just go to the top of the building, slide right in, and just do whatever they want, you know? And I'm just like, well, do you, don't you guys have to worry about insects and stuff coming in? And then I wonder, do the Autobots, Decepticons, even worry about human insects on Earth? Do they, like, are they are they a problem? Are they annoyance? Do they get into the layer electronics? But now I'm just, like, overthinking this. Well, apparently, um, they're pretty sewer-proof. They don't, they don't mind going into some toxic undercity sludge. And waterproof because they like flew that. Well, they drove there on their water tires. That's how they take care of their uh, their insect problem. They just flood their whole bodies. They just wash all that stuff out. Yeah. What did you think of Optimus being able to pull pieces of his body toward himself? Is that a power that everyone has, or just Optimus because he's so awesome? It's a kind of a generic power that I think don't all sentient robots have that power to like call out to their arms and legs if they get chopped off so they still oh, I think yeah. this is the only episode killing, that will... killing mechanisms I think this is the only episode we'll ever see that ever happen <laughs> <laughs> well that's because they're not allowed to air anything like that again just the idea that he was decapitated and his just his body just in pieces all over just dumped on the floor to me that was kind of like shocking like when i saw that my jaw dropped i was like wow that is something and i, I to me th- that visual was worse than anything that happened in a transformers movie people yeah. talk about the transformers movie breaking kids hearts and making them cry like that visual of just decapitated like like wires hanging and then just pieces of his arm just completely shattered and it probably it, <laughs> it probably had a bigger impact on me because it just happened so fast it was like we got you and now you're just dead <laughs> it wasn't any kind of build up you couldn't prepare it was just immediately like you're done <laughs> <laughs> oh man but in the movie he's actually got damage to all those parts and here it's just oh, you took your limbs off you can connect them again but I guess if you take too much damage. And it's a good thing that Optimus leaves the Matrix hanging up on his wall in his bedroom at the Ark. So so I guess when he was broken up into pieces, he did tell Megatron that his desire to defeat him is basically going to keep him alive. So I guess I to answer your question, Sean, I would probably say, unless there's other Autobots that feel as strongly about defeating Megatron as Optimus does, they probably don't have those powers. <laughs> it's probably just Optimus, conveniently. How funny was that, too, where, like, his arms are still active and they just grab Megatron and trip and knock him. knock him over, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised Starscream didn't be like, oh, crap, Megatron's down. I, Starscream. Well, now, oh, Megatron's getting back up. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess my question is, well, I guess I kind of answer my own question with that happening, can Transformers just live without a spark? I mean, how do you just take him apart completely and he's just alive, functioning, don't really seem 
to be that that harmed outside of just his body's all over the place. Well, it happens a lot because I don't know if you remember in the Transformers movie, Galvatron actually explodes Ultra Magnus and they can repair him because he's only got damage to like, I guess, the joints that exploded him. So he's fine. They can just put him back together. But I guess it depends on all the stuff that's damaged, if you're really dead, dead or not. Unless you're Optimus, then the writers find a way to bring you back somehow. Yeah, I guess I think back on the show, in some of the guys who just get parts blown up or holes in their chest, I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean. I guess all of his parts had a bit of the spark in him. It's like the <laughs> force. <laughs> uh, the, uh, so when I was a kid, I used to watch all this stuff about New York and TV movies. And now that I'm old enough, I've actually been to New York multiple times. It's just funny to watch stuff like this now when it's like a regular version of New York that doesn't make sense with reality, but it's just kind of like, here's the uh, the background, here's the Statue of Liberty. And then they're like, well, we're going to... They say to meet in Central Park, but all they do is have a quick skirmish, and then that's it. But I'm like, I doubt any of that was modeled to look after any of the real Central Park during the 80s. Or not, I've never been to New York. <laughs> oh my god. You need to go yeah. now, before the Delta ravages the world. I just feel that, um, well, it's already been ravaged, apparently. Like, it'll, yeah. it'll never be the same, but I feel like I'd be disappointed by it. I'd, I'd like to keep that 80s image of what New York is <laughs> in my mind. Because when I went to London, I felt pretty much crushed. I'm like, that's Big Ben? I thought <laughs> it was bigger. <laughs> well, the first time I went to New York, I, I had an internship in Congers, New York. So I was only a less than 10 minute ride to the subway. And then I could just take a 15 minute subway into the city because it was like across the border in Sleepy Hollow, I remember. So I remember my other intern friends and I, like we went into, the, into there a lot every other weekend, at least because we'd never been to New York City before. Because I remember the first day we were there, did all the touristy stuff. Same with the second day. But then by the third day, you're like, you don't even do anything. You just go there and walk around or <laughs> visit a comic store or have, like, one plan. And then everything else is just wandering stuff because you're just there all the time now. It just becomes kind of normal. And it's just kind of a fun summer to go to New York all the time. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've been there a few times. And I, it doesn't feel like, I don't know, the it, it depends on the, the error of media that you're watching. You know, I, if I think about modern entertainment covering New York, New York feels like that. The older stuff, no, it it, it doesn't feel like that <laughs> much of all. I mean, I, no. maybe there's little pockets you can go to to get that vibe a little bit, but generally, no, it doesn't. Yeah, like there's some fun things too. Like uh, I played the Amazing Spider-Man 2 video game and they actually like make Times Square look exactly like Times Square looks. And I was like, but at first I didn't know I wasn't up to date on my New York because I'm like, what the hell are all these, you know, red chairs doing here? And and then when I finally went like a year later, after, you know, probably a decade not being there, they had actually changed Central Park to have the uh, whatever that thing is there, I forget. And like the game had actually tried to make it look exactly like it, just on a smaller scale. Yeah, definitely modern stuff, modern entertainment yeah, they, they cover it. I mean, that's basically what New York is. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it'll only be like that spot in a game like Spider-Man that's open world. None of the other alleyways or anything look anything like any of the other alleyways in New York. <laughs> as long as you got like those three buildings and then like Central Park just made up however they want it to be in the game, then you're good, I guess. Like... You see anything that looks like Ghostbusters there? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hope for. I just I just want the streets to look like Ghostbusters, but I know that probably doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> if it ever looked like that to begin with. So one thing that was kind of ridiculous is Ironhide has a grapple hook arm. And I'm like, sure, whatever at this point. This is like his sixth or seventh power already. I can't keep track of how many freaking powers this guy has. He's like, oh, here's my liquid nitrogen gun. Here's my radar uh, not gun. And, like, here's my flamethrower. Like, sure, everything exists inside his arm. I, just, I guess that's just what I'm supposed to believe anymore. Well, why is him having so many powers a problem 
but you don't have any problem with Optimus constantly getting new powers. <laughs> oh, he just has the one now, okay, of summoning his body parts that he'll never use again. He could, no, he can summon a cyber axe. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, no one bothered to use that anymore after the pilot, as if it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Yet when they made that video game, the whole concept of all his weapons is like all different axes. And, and I'm sorry, uh, Thomas, but they're all climbing. Optimus, Ratchet, and I guess Ironhide. And then like all of a sudden, Starscream, Skywarp, and Thundercracker are flying at them. And all it takes is one laser blast each from each of them. And boom, they're they're down and they fly right through the building. I'm like, wow. That was... I don't know. Well, actually, I don't know if it was because I'm watching a different version or what. But to me, I wanted to ask about that because basically what happened was the flyers come in. They shoot at the three Autobots. But then they immediately, the flyers immediately just fly through the building. Yeah, um, well, you see them shoot. You hear, you uh... hear Ratchet say it only takes one shot. But then nobody does anything, and the flyers just fly straight through the building. Like, they just basically kamikaze and, and knock themselves out. Yeah, well, like, you can tell that they shot laser blasts, because I think Ratchet shoots two and Ironhide shoots one, so that's three blasts for three of them. And I think you hear the sound effect, but don't actually see the animation. It's supposed to indicate they've been hit, because when they come out the other side, all three of them are smoking where they got hit by a laser blast, you would assume in the back and uh, yeah. uh but that but it w- wasn't animated well enough to show you what was happening yeah it, to me i just assumed that oh they well, of course you fly through a building like you're gonna be messed up so that's which reminds me i don't know if i should say this now or apparently this animation studio was known for cutting a lot of corners the south korean animation studio they'd done a lot of work on different shows but they were Fired from Batman, the animated series, because their work was too subpar. That's why Batman, the animated series, is the best cartoon. They don't sell for that kind of crap. Transformers Transformers (laughs) will suffer through that for for seasons at a time. (laughs) Seasons? I think you mean its entire existence. Oh, three years. Oh, man. But there was a funny moment. I like when... uh, Ratchet and Ironhide are just sitting there, and they hear Megatron above them, and they just look at each other and smile, and they just shoot up above him, and he just falls down through the rest of the entire building. Oh, I didn't notice that. I thought That's that was funny. pretty funny. They're just like, we got him, and then he just falls all the way to the bottom of the building, defeated. Speaking of Ironhide, what about that? When they were in Central Park, they had just arrived, and I guess Rumble, and I don't know what the other one's called, they start pounding the ground. It's just funny that Ironhide just couldn't take it. He just falls right over instantly. No no reaction, just man down, pretty much. Well, isn't he <laughs> the guy that, in the first episode, is like bangs into the arc when they first get attacked and is like, oh, I'm leaking fluid. And because I, I remember Thomas was like, how are they so durable for like battles? And then he just like nudges against the console and starts bleeding. <laughs> he just falls over like a wooden soldier just he couldn't help himself. The ground was shaking, so yeah. Man I'll down. have something to bring up about that in a later episode with regards to that earthquake attack. But <laughs> who is actually who is that other character that's basically the blue version of Rumble? Oh, well that's the weird thing. Was I wrong? I, I was like, he's not supposed to be blue, right? Isn't he purple and blue? Here he was blue-blue. Oh, you know what? Yeah, there was a blue one. I'm say- And I was saying to myself, oh, yeah, the red one. That's Rumble. But no, yeah. Rumble's purple. Yeah, he's supposed to be, I think, purple-blue. But here he was definitely blue-blue through, like, an entire scene. Okay, so I was thinking the red one was Rumble. The blue one was a new guy, but <laughs> Rumble wasn't colored correctly at all. And then just, now the blue guy is actually Rumble. So who's the red guy? I just assumed uh, the blue guy was Rumble because I, I just figured, oh, he's some shade of something cool. But <laughs> I just. But that color was carried throughout the episode. Like he showed up oh, at yeah. the beginning and then at the yeah. end and it was the blue guy. What are you looking at? Is there an insect in my room? Or are you just looking at the lights reflecting? Okay. Anyway, 
So do you guys have any other stuff you want to share about the episode? Random likes, dislikes? Yeah, what's oh, up yeah. with um the, the the I guess well probably all the Transformers apparently. Why do they just have key components just right there on the front of their chest, basically? Oh, like Hound? That could just be, you know, attacked or targeted, and that's like a one-hit kill KO on them. So when Optimus was falling and he landed in the um, dump truck, Megatron ran up immediately and just basically held something over Optimus's stomach and basically said that your motor relay connection has been severed. And Megatron barely did anything. He basically placed, uh, I don't know, some kind of screwdriver or yeah. knife or something on top of him and... That was it. He was immediately incapacitated. Yeah, like, why don't they have in war, like, you know, how people carry daggers? Why don't the Transformers carry those? Yeah, either, yeah, either fight quarters the, combat. Yeah, try to do that and target that way every single time. Or why aren't they wearing armor? Or why aren't those parts moved somewhere else? <laughs> yeah, just shielded. A and bit, it, it just but... it just seemed way too convenient for uh for for him to fall in and then immediately oh there's nothing you, you couldn't even react i felt like they could have at least tried to like you know let optimus fall in the decepticons uh or the constructicons hold him down a while megatron comes up and severs the connection but or even put on him like some fake thing like ah optimus these are energon infused tri cybertronian metal chains you'll never break free of these yeah, or or have the <laughs> knife thing kind of like stab into him or something instead mm -hmm. of just like just tap him with it and it's just done. Definitely makes it easier for using your imagination when you're outside playing, you know, as a kid. Like I would like play Transformers with my cousins in the yard. That would make it totally easy if all the components were just right there on front. You don't really have to think about it. You can deprogram your cousin by you know like just just pointing <laughs> well and... i again i will have something to say about this particular point in a later episode okay i got i have a series of questions like so to me this was a very silly episode where it's just like there's so much going on I feel like there could be discussions about most of these points. I guess we could try to move through these quickly. I don't need I I don't necessarily need a lengthy response to these. Is one of them about Alligator Optimus Prime? So who's in this first episode? first question is Alligator Khan <laughs> or Reptilian Bot? Is he recognized as the first Beast Wars Transformer? <laughs> <laughs> I guess he never actually transformed, so I guess he doesn't count as a transformer. The battle taxis slash Decepticabs, that they were called. Yeah. D does merchandise exist for them? Or is that there... was so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, like, no. What is this? Oh, it's just, this it's just this army of cabs filing It's like in. that was just something funny <laughs> All for in formation. for, like, kids. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was so, yeah, it was silly, silly, silly. Like, All they were were cabs with guns on top. Cabs. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, what does New York have a lot of cabs? <laughs> I mean, well, that, I didn't see. I didn't see one slice of pizza. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear no, one joke about pizza. <laughs> <laughs> we had alligators in the sewer. We we all know that. Well, joke. I actually, yeah, that was actually yeah. pretty clever. Yeah. Well, so Optimus, I guess he kind of got himself back together, but they were still tracking down the rest of his parts. So at this point in the story, he was missing his arm, so he didn't have any weapons. His weapon was attached to his missing arm. So he decided to transform to, like, ram something, I guess. So when he transformed back into vehicle mode, a chunk was missing out the back of his cab, which yeah. I guess would which be where his arm was. Yeah. Realism. <laughs> was that... So you say that that's realism, Sean. Is that accurate to the toy? When you transform the Optimus toy into vehicle mode, do his arms connect to the back of his cab? Is that where they're placed? Hold on, let me see right here on this figure I have. Maybe... The back of the picture will show me <laughs> yeah no his arms are right there at the bottom to form his front light things so oh at the bottom okay well these were at the back like the top back of the cab hmm. so i guess it's a little different and maybe there's different iterations with different toys or something like that yeah so also did they really have to make a sentry gun using Optimus's arm? Like they couldn't find any other guns to just do it that way. Like I, I it had to be was... Optimus's arm. <laughs> I think that's just Megatron being evil to be like, "Ha! Huh, now you've been made into one of my weapons." <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I I just thought that was just another silly thing. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't do anything with his legs. Like they were just sitting there. Like he didn't make them into anything. It's probably because the episode has already had too much stuff jammed into it. Yeah, they had to make time for the King Kong joke sequence. Yeah, God. On, on top of the fake Empire State Building. Also, yeah. Buzzsaw. Like, was he always around? <laughs> it's always been Laserbeak, Laserbeak, Laserbeak. But then all of a sudden, Buzzsaw is now involved. Buzzsaw shows up this season. In future episodes? Or, or has he really been in previous episodes? I don't, I don't remember know him if he, I don't remember if he was or not, but I do know he shows up now in these seasons. And he was definitely in the comic when it came out. I don't know if they actually used him in the beginning of the cartoon. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that other cassette transformer was used, the red slash blue rumble. So, oh, I, guess, I remember I guess why. they were trying to use more of his cassettes more often. I remember they didn't animate Buzzsaw because Buzzsaw came with Soundwave. So they wanted to feature Laserbeak in season one. So you'd go out and buy the separate Laserbeak. Oh, that that's kind of crappy. You like. You buy a toy and you, you you know you're excited to see your toy in the show and he's never there. And instead you get the one that's not on the show. But don't worry, he'll be there in season two. <laughs> Alright, and why are we seeing flying Autobots again? Like why is why couldn't why why is it so hard to just pick a side with that? Either the Autobots can't fly at all and they always need to get lifts, or just make every Transformer fly. Like why would that be would who, that be who such flew a big this deal? Time? I don't remember his name. Are you it talking, was, uh, was it last next episode, or you, there was one in this one. There was one in this episode. The guy yeah. who took down Starscream. Because uh. Starscream, he, the, the flyer. No, 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 no. He didn't fly. He super jumped. Uh, <laughs> no, they can't super <laughs> jump. <laughs> it, it did look that way. Like it looked like more of a jump than a fly. Starscream was basically half the height of the 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 Empire State Building. They could jump that high. <laughs> Maybe he has this piston leg. Why did they? Why did they need to use a grappling hook if they could jump up half the building? <laughs> <laughs> hey, stop! Stop! Well, stop with the logic. My brain circuits can't handle it. Make them fly. It, it, it doesn't hurt anything. Why can't they all just fly? Why would that be a problem? <laughs> just wait till next episode where they randomly fly for two scenes. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> all right, well, that's enough. They for can me. have rocket boosters and piston legs. Come on. <laughs> about 10 episodes later Ironhide's gonna have a rocket booster arm <laughs> it's gonna be his new power back to that gator in the sewer scene what I was thinking of did the Decepticons make Optimus's body parts into a gator like and just put it down there or I mean Megatron basically said hey you could do whatever you want with these bare rods I'll just keep the head mm -hmm. Are you saying did. that they cyberized an existing alligator? <laughs> there I, was an I, alligator <laughs> that they turned into a cyborg, and then I guess the Autobots just murdered it? <laughs> I, I just thought they made an evil... Did they make an evil gator bot, or did they just flush Optimus's body parts down the potty, and they formed this themselves? Well, I mean, when he got his they, arm back, you saw all those other random parts. Half of right. the alligator wasn't actually from his parts. It was like other random parts... That the Constructicons had lying around. Okay, so I like, guess there was off, that one off camera. <laughs> there was that one weird scene where he just picks up a car and shoves it into Mixmaster, and out comes Steel Bean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I don't know the Constructicons that well, so I was like, oh, he could just do that. Just like I'm just gonna make this matter anything else I want to make. I guess he just melted it all down into a liquid and then formed it super fast. Somehow. As he shot it out of the back. I don't know. But yeah, as far as the alligator, I guess apparently robot, maybe Madam C was just off camera and she decided instead of one pig robot, I'm going to make one alligator robot and sent it off to Megatron. <laughs> that, that's a that's a plausible explanation for I mean that. Yeah. <laughs> pig mm -hmm. robots. Oh, my God. So the next sequence we have, Thomas. Charlie is animation errors. Ooh boy. Yeehaw. I got a lot on this too. Megatron's face was colored full gray for like 10 seconds during one of his speeches. I noticed that. We already talked about Rumble being two blues instead of blue and purple. But I remember there's the one only part one I didn't that I picked up, but I guess I didn't pick up in the right way. 
what happened is Optimus sees Ironhide and says, that's the way to cool it. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about, Optimus? Because you can tell, like, Ironhide stops doing something with his arm as if he was just putting out a fire or something with his water gun or uh, his nitro gun or whatever other liquid gun he has. I guess they didn't animate that scene, but they recorded it because that's clearly like responding to something else. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. I I feel like I remember something like that, and I guess I didn't think anything of it because I didn't see a fire. Oh, was that just a joke I didn't get or something? Did you guys notice there were a lot of size issues with the uh, Transformers? Like, in the beginning... They're like uh, before when you first see the Decepticon base, that one Constructicon drives up to the base, uh, drives up onto the, the thing that will eventually hold the Empire State Building. But when he drives up, they just start blowing up the picture of him or drawing him bigger and he gets too big and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> and and, and I, they corrected in the Japanese version, which makes me think this is just an error in the Rhino DVDs. But there's another one that's really weird where after the taxicab battle, due to the perspective, I think Prowl and Sunstreaker are changing. And Sunstreaker is in the foreground, but as he's transforming, his head is in the background, yet he's still got these giant feet sticking out into the front. But then they suddenly transform, and now he's standing in the background, even though his car was parked in the foreground. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? <laughs> I, well, that sounds wild. Like, how did I miss that? I guess, did it happen quickly? Oh, yeah, it why? happens within the span of, like, two seconds. Mm. Oh, yeah, but the most hilarious, I don't know if you guys caught this, they're like, oh, an alligator bot, quick, everybody run! And then they proceed to walk as casually as possible away from the robot. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the whole thing with the alligator was just really screwed up anyway. There's just too much there to pick on. Yeah. And there were some weird audio glitches, too. Like, Sideswipe was voicing a line for one of the Constructicons, and I was like, why is he saying something that's clearly evil? Is he actually the same voice actor as one of the Constructicons, and they just forgot to add the audio mix? Or did they just really screw this up, like, and accidentally write Sideswipe instead of the Constructicon, and then just had to use it and hope no one noticed? Because they also do that with Frenzy in the subway. He's trying to ram ram the Autobots, but he talks with Rumble's voice and then be, then starts speaking in his own voice, I think. Or he swapped, or he starts out as Rumble's color, then changes into Frenzy's color. I can't remember which one uh, yeah, anymore. When they were in the sewers and they caught the, um, the, the alligator, they're like, oh man, something, something. And then they walk up, say something else. And then Optimus Prime is clearly responding to their first conversation, not their second conversation. It doesn't make any sense what he's saying if it's in relation to their second sentence. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is like either they didn't catch that or and I'm wondering if the Shout Factory like edit fixed that or maybe they didn't. But it was just really weird. Like another one of those dialogue things where just there was a lot of problems. Those are all the ones I caught. Charlie, did you catch anything? I was wondering how many of those Transformer logo wipes are supposed to happen between scenes throughout the whole thing? Like, um, at yeah, the beginning? I don't know if it was this episode or the, the episode afterwards, but. Actually, no. You know what? Sorry, I I got that wrong. Not the the logo wipes. There's usually at least two. Um, this have like a lot of them. <laughs> That's why. I'm like, well, this episode there was a lot. There was a lot of scene transitions. Like they were all over the place in New York. And they didn't like, make it didn't make sense to have a transition. Like there's a part where they are headed to Central Park, but they're in the water, and then there's the wipe, and then now they're on the road and they're still headed to Central Park and then there's another wipe and then, okay, they're finally at Central Park. I'm like... You know what? We need to show Charlie, right, Thomas? Generation 2 episodes. (laughs) We're walking into the next room. Rotate theme. Rotate transition. I'm turning on a computer. Quick, transition from the close-up of the computer, even though it's the same room. (laughs) 
And what's so funny is when Ironhide fell over, there was one right after that. It was so awkward. It just showed him fall on the side and then there was the logo. Wait, when did he fall? <laughs> well, Rumble it's slash like five Frenzy. minutes into the show. Oh, okay. In the, yeah, show. in the park. Me, yeah, I guess I don't actually understand the logic of those transitions because now that I think about it, they use that, but sometimes there's transitions clearly to a different scene where they don't use that logo transition. Like, you know what I'm they, thinking of? What but, if they're only? What if they're behind on time? So if you use two <laughs> or three more, you're finally you're on time. Oh my god, that uh, that's probably what happens. So that's why I couldn't answer it directly because I'm like, sometimes there's only a couple. Sometimes there's more than that. Did they need extra commercial breaks or something? And uh, so. Uh, yeah, I think Sean nailed it. I think that's probably exactly why it's there. <laughs> uh, Thomas, did you see any other animation errors? Mm, no, there was a there was a logic error though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me. Or, or do you want to so, save that for stupid moments? I'll save it for stupid moments. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, no more deleted audio has surfaced for any of the. Season two episodes, except two more in the future, which we haven't reviewed yet. There were no retcons in this one. And I don't think we need to talk about main character because this was an all over the place, everybody fighting everybody episode. And oddly enough, there's no Megatron energy this episode either. He wasn't making anything for Energon cubes or energy. His whole plan was just to take over New York City and make it a new Cybertron. That was it. Yeah, I don't that. Th yeah, this whole premise at the beginning of the episode was kind of like laid out what he was trying to do. It didn't really make that much sense to me. All right. So here we are. Stupid moments. Don't tell me what to do. I'm not like the others. I do what I want when I want. Thomas, you can go with your question first, since I'm going to have a lot. I think I have like five for this one. So. I don't know, I forget what initially caused Megatron to say this, but he was talking about something, actually the Autobots, I guess they ended up getting out of the range of Optimus's uh, arm sentry gun. <laughs> so sound, sound waves like the Autobots are out of cannon range. Then Megatron responds, but not out of my range. So then, you know, he says that you would expect, you know, Megatron to do something with himself or a gun or something. I thought he was going to basically transform into his gun mode and shoot them or let Soundwave use them. But then all he does is he just calls the flyers to go after him. So they are out of your range. So now you're calling somebody else to get them for you. Like, what? <laughs> that didn't make any sense to me. That was just so dumb. Oh, yeah. I actually thought he was going to call Starscream and say, Starscream, get up here and hold me. Yeah, somebody <laughs> like because I was like, yeah, we're, we're we just watch a gun that's not capable of shooting behind itself maybe get the mobile gun, which is Megatron, and go after them. Yeah. So, yeah. My first one was like, how did Megatron build a secret base for giant freaking robots under New York City without anyone ever becoming suspicious? Like, they would have to be Those so many... Those are good. Like, I felt the You're same fat. way, and I just was like, don't think about it. Just don't think about it. Plus... They made a completely separate Cybertronian building underground so that they could steal the Empire State building and then swap it with the Cybertron building so that whole freaking Cybertron building was also underground somewhere. And, like, nobody it's heard it being constructed. With... Nobody, like, noticed, like... Or, like, how did they even get it? over with robot parts. Like, I thought they'd just come together and, like, just you know, autonomously build themselves over things and, mm -hmm. you know, make it like a big crusty barnacle of a building. A shell. Yeah. Were you saying that they think that they just built on top of the Empire State Building or was that a new building? Yeah. yeah just well, that was my impression. Well, but I, I don't I don't remember quite that well. But yeah, mm -hmm. my initial impression was that, oh, they, they pulled down the Empire State Building and now they're just uh, using Mixmaster to just like put plates all over it or something. Oh, okay. Because there yeah. were definitely other buildings that they created, but they definitely didn't take those on the ground. So th when the constructor cons ended up above ground, they were transforming existing buildings. 
Yeah, because they did do that with the other ones, putting stuff on top of the other ones. Because Starscream's just sitting there on top of another building, and then that's all he does the whole episode, except, you know, scream uncle. <laughs> <laughs> this one didn't make sense in the beginning, where Optimus is like, oh man, we gotta go immediately. And he says, Sparkplug, please leave a message. I'm like, can't Teletran 1 leave messages? It's like, it can't be like, I detect Jazz in the room. Now I'm gonna play a message for Jazz. I mean, were Wheeljack and uh, everyone else on patrol? Or were they literally just in another room in the Ark and Optimus just didn't want to take the extra time to go and get them? And it was like, oh god, it's an emergency. Gotta go now. And Hey, they didn't have Alexa back then, so they didn't know, you know, about all the capabilities, the possibilities of um, AI. <laughs> yeah, or they didn't even have an intercom system. They could be like, beep, everyone on the ship, we're heading out for New York City right now. He just is like, oh, leave a message. He'll find it someday. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it was also weird, the detection. Scrapper's like, oh, Optimus is overhead. I'm like, can, can he detect specific life forms? this Constructicon? Or is he just detecting, like, a big robot and must assume it, it's Optimus? So I was like, all right, sure, you know exactly that it's Optimus. I wonder if they, I missed them putting a tracer on Optimus or something, like they had GPS coordinates for him or something. <laughs> I had no clue how they did that. <laughs> maybe they were, uh, because they still had control over his arm, maybe they were still able to track him that way. Yeah. His, his arm was snitching on the rest of Optimus's body. <laughs> And, it, and another stupid moment is, how did Megatron know Optimus and the Autobots were going to Central Park? He doesn't know they're going to Central Park, but he his Decepticons show up in Central Park before they do, or to set up an ambush. I'm like, unless Laserbeak, like, what, overheard their radio discussion when, you know, Mirage is like, oh, we gotta go to Central Park. I mean, he was in the area, so... The reason for the water scene, I think, was just to show that Laserbeak saw them in the water. It was like, oh, they're headed for Central Park, for sure. Even though there had to be another transition and some time on the road before they actually got to Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, another two transitions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so usually in media, the only place that exists when people say New York is Manhattan. So. So naturally, the Autobots, they knew that they had to go to New York to get Optimus, so they started in the center. <laughs> and there you go. And worked their way to the rest of New York, which is only south of Central Park. I have one more, but do you guys have any other stupid moments? Oh, that gator stuff. Oh, my God. You didn't think like it was the, funny? The alligator parts got so weird. <laughs> like, Bike and, um, was it Bumblebee was helping lure the gator into the no somebody else i can't remember who was helping they lure the gator into the train car and spike's like yay <laughs> and um it doesn't i do remember too that i think is it wheeljack or prowl he's like next stop the ocean i'm like what the fuck are you talking about he, they oh, go he, to, they, like, these, these trains don't just drive till they hit a wall and fly out into the ocean. It seemed like he was quoting some old conductor's um, whatever announcement or something for trains like in the old days. Like, next stop Lexington, then the river. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, he was saying all those, you know, street names. <laughs> yeah. The other thing was when he went to retrieve the Optimus parts from the Gator, why the heck did they... Why was everybody, like, in unison, like, this alligator is big and heavy? What was that about? Three people said that all at once, and I'm just like, is that some sort of joke from something else, or...? They followed it up with something else, but I can't remember what they said. Something about Optimus, and then he's like, maybe a little both. Like, I think he's trying to joke with them. Yeah. you know... <laughs> but... That was just really odd. I'm like, what are they Well, even Soundwave about? gets in and makes a joke this episode, you know, when he ambushes them, right? Oh, yeah. And cold <laughs> Soundwave comes up and, like, says the end of a joke that Frenzy was saying. What was that? I don't know. Something, some New York joke or oh, forest joke. I can't joke. what it was, but I, yeah. I did catch that. <laughs> <laughs> so the last even moment I had is just when I see them walking in the sewers, it's Mirage and Hound. And they have these giant 
These giant, just giant missiles on their shoulders. <laughs> Why are you carrying these giant missiles into New York City, a heavy populated city, under the city? If these go off, you're basically going to kill thousands upon thousands of people and collapse the entire mini city blocks under the the subway. What is wrong with you guys? Well, I would expect that of Hound, of Bloodthirsty Hound. I guess we're going to have to add Mirage to the list of bloodthirsty Autobots <laughs> where they just don't care. They just have to kill the Decepticons by any means necessary. What made you think Hound is now bloodthirsty? Hound was always bloodthirsty. We Hound has been shown to be, even in the show, but I, was, I think the first time was with the book that we read Wait, where, it... where he was captured. And like, what if he's, he kept just like trying to go after the Decepticons. Well, I think he got captured because he wanted to go after them himself. Um, He's the one that, that wanted to assassinate Megatron in the head with his sniper rifle in the very first episode. That too, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a he's the he, he wanted to do it alone, and and I think that's how he got the laser beak. He ended up, I don't know, laser beak tricked him or something like that. So yeah, Hound was he was he was one of the first ones. It was Cliff Jumper, then it was Hound. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and like Hound was, I could have sworn Hound was drawn differently because why has he just got this giant white thing on his chest? His holograms aren't a, a part of him. They're just like a piece on his chest, even though they're supposed to be his power. Like I could have sworn it was always colored green or gray, not just pure white. Unless they tried to save time by like never coloring it. Being like, eh, people will never notice. Supposed to be a military jeep, right? That's what I thought he was. Yeah. Character Spotlight. Since we've gone through every Transformer on the Autobot and Decepticon side, except for one Autobot, for a future episode, for Thomas exclusively, are going to do Teletran 1 as the Character Spotlight. The computer that's always being used by the Autobots aboard the Ark. So that's, back in... uh, that's, um... <laughs> I guess I probably would have used Teletran 1 for the next episode, because I have some questions. <laughs> when did Teletran 1 get a name? Like, when oh, did we start calling him that? They do that since the very first episode, I think. Oh, okay. I didn't notice. For some reason, it just stood out to me in these episodes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he has no quote or description because he has no action figure from the 80s. But basically, Teletran 1 is the non-sentient computer on board the Ark which monitors all known Earth television, radio waves, and telephone lines for evidence of Decepticon activity. Why the Autobots need to even go on patrol because of him is a mystery. Basically, in the beginning of the three-parter, Teletran 1 was damaged, couldn't discern friend from foe, so when the Ark reawakened along with the Teletran 1 computer, it repaired all Autobots and Decepticons equally. Does anyone want to read the fate of Teletran 1 after the movie? All right. Teletran 1's fate after the movie. After the movie, the season three five-parter has Trypticon go back to Earth where the Autobots were still using the Ark as a secondary base. Trypticon destroys the Ark, the entire volcano, (laughs) and Teletron 1. Wow. And Hitmaster's Teletron 1 was either rebuilt from that explosion or a new computer was created based on the original Teletran 1 design and is used on the Autobot base on planet Athenia. Since it was only mentioned once in the entire series, it's possible this was a writer's error. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that Teletran 1 is dead. Because I don't... I like If it's only mentioned once throughout a whole series, I don't really buy that being Teletran 1. Though Teletran 2 is in an Autobot city... It is assumed to be a separate program. Teletran 2 is used in Season 3. It was originally voiced by Casey Kasem, and he had already recorded lines for it. Wow. When he left the show... Oh, I guess when he left the show. And the lines were re-recorded by somebody else. Because he left the show because of the really racist episode that was coming up that he disagreed with. Mm. So, I guess Teletran 2... Well, I guess that answers the original question that... Teletron 1 was dead dead, and it probably was a writer's error, since I guess apparently there is a Teletran 2. Do they, yeah, cause that's used do they in call it three. Teletran 2? Like, are there lines? Voices yeah, they call the... it Teletran 2 when they, in Autobot City when they're on Earth, because I know in Season 3 they're on Cybertron a lot, but Teletran 2 is used on Autobot City. Um, 
But now I got something. Charlie, do you want to try to read the next uh, two paragraphs without cringing? Oh, sure. Without Yeah, cringing. I, I've fallen okay. ill. I'm not going to be able to make it through myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Before the movie, I kiss players. <laughs> there was a Teletran 10 and a Teletran 15, both of which were in humanoid robots bodies of girls oh great of course that kept in contact with teletron one to be living extensions of teletron one what their tasks are is not really clear strangely um teletron 10 exists to repair other teletrans and is always angry and teletran 15 was created to monitor a satellite computer even though she is one and is shy and clumsy. Oh, even though she is one. She is she is a satellite computer? <laughs> is that what it's saying? I said that she monitors the computers and the satellite computers. I was like, well, why? She, that's what, can't you just have Teletran 1 auto do that? Like, Or is Teletran 1 out of memory? So that's why you created this <laughs> Teletran 15. <laughs> you scanned all the TV and radio waves and ran out of space. And then ran out of space, so then they had to make another so one they, for satellites. They had to make these uh, daughter boards, like daughter uh, computer uh, banks, extensions. Yeah. Annoyed robot bodies of girls. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So do you, want, so God. do you want to try to read? Oh, the next one is, is just the lore, so it's not any more KISS players, if you want to read that. I see one more kiss players at the bottom. I don't know what that's going to be. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, it's, but yeah, it's, it's okay. It's nothing bad. Um, let's see. The original script of the series listed Teletran 1 as a female computer. It seems not everyone got the changes because in the Transformers comic, the face on the computer screen is a golden female face with green eyes. It's called the art computer, though it, is called Auntie once by accident, Ugh. which is the original name the computer was to be called until it was decided to call the computer name the same as the ship. Yeah, and How like they accident- made, <laughs> and it doesn't make sense because auntie. I thought I actually thought they called it Auntie in the comics because I read Regeneration, which was twenty issues five to ten years ago. They re- made a sequel to the original Marvel comics. And they actually call the computer Auntie. So I thought that was what they had called it in the past. But no, I look it up and they only called it that once, but decide to use it as canon. And, and I'm just like, sure, okay. Call it Auntie. Ugh. <laughs> That's very, well, I guess it's very Japanese, right? <laughs> if, there's, if there's a hot older woman who's like, you know, your computer, and she's your Auntie, I guess. <laughs> Figure. <laughs> well, What's funny is in the the Kiss Players book, there's an extra sketch of a floating, glowing female head, which looks like it was an unused idea of making Teletran 1 have its own humanoid form to interact with the other Teletran girls. Oh my god. So. But yeah, uh, what's weird is there is a paper figure of Teletran 1 in a playset who came into existence in 2014. It's a paper playset included with Dinobots 4-pack. And the first Teletron 1 action figure came out this year, the year 2021. And it's called the Autobot Arc. And it's basically the entire arc of the Transformers. And it can transform into a large Transformer robot. And it can also transform into a large supercomputer that is Teletran 1. And it comes with both golden discs from the Beast Wars uh, storylines the Sky Spy drone used in early season one episodes and also comes with like fire attachments for his guns and a mini Optimus Prime to ride inside of him. <laughs> okay, that's a lot of different it's features. Fun looking. It's not so bad. It seems like it's missing a key feature. Is there some kind of like battle damage or sections that just blow up because that's something that always happens to Teletran 1. That thing is always getting shot up. Yeah, or, or Optimus punch. punches it like he does yeah. in the next episode. <laughs> just just punch the console and just, yeah. Well, think of um, Batman's 
computer system too. That thing gets takes a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah, yep. And, and now the spraying gas on it, or <laughs> yeah, and the figure makes sense too because now that I've seen the the Netflix series, but I'll try not to make any more spoilers if you haven't seen it yet, Thomas. Nope. All right. So that was Teletran one. Any thoughts, questions about Teletran one in this series, or just he's a part of the show, not really a character? Nope, that's it for me. Okay. I'll save my thoughts for the next episode. And also, Charlie, this isn't the first Transformer that was supposed to be a female. Ratchet was originally designed to be a female Transformer too, but that idea was scrapped when they actually started developing everything on the show. It was going to be a nurse, probably. A nurse Transformer. <laughs> yeah, but then I guess people had the idea like, well, if there's one, how will we explain it exists? That's too much trouble. Get rid of it. But anyway, that was our exciting episode of Steel Autobots. Autobots? Uh, Steel City? What is this episode called, Thomas? Save me. City of Steel. City of Steel. All right. So we hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Signing off for now, this is Sean. Charlie. And Thomas. Good night.